text of emphasis this uh, afternoon is found in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter 24, and starting with verse 36. And Jesus says there this, about that day or hour of my return, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them all away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. Two men will be in the field, one will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding with a handmill. One will be taken and the other left. Therefore, keep watch. Because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. But understand this. If the owner of the house had known at which time of night the thief was coming, he would have kept watch and would not have let him into his house. So you also must be ready. Because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you don't expect him. Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of the servants in his household to give them their food at the proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But suppose that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is staying away a long time. And he then begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with drunkards. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour that he is not aware of. Let's pray. Oh God, as we uh, consider the words of Jesus, we pray for understanding for what you have for us today and what kind of relationship that you're calling us into. In Jesus' name, amen. We're uh, starting a new uh, sermon series, a mini-series here this uh, spring called Spoiler Alert. Um, I want to point your attention to the screen above me where uh, we have a, an announcement for you, and that is for the first time we're going to be doing something new with our afternoon classes. You know we have classes here in the afternoon often. Uh, we have two starting today. One of them is calling Going Deeper, and uh, it's a time to focus on the text of emphasis today and talk and dialogue in a little more uh, depth. You know, there's, there's something great about being able to communicate and dialogue together. And so if you're interested in either asking questions or being part of that dialogue, I just want to point you to the giant screen above my head. And uh, this group is going to be meeting in Central Park at the, the Advent Hope location. We have scouted out an area in Central Park that we have claimed for Advent Hope. And uh, I think you can find that information in the app and, and directions and everything. So if you want to find out how to get to the Going Deeper class this afternoon at 2.30 after the delicious meal that's being prepared even for you right now, then you need to download the app. Is it on the website too, Kyle, or only the app? Only the app. Wow. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a feature only for the app. So if you want to go to the class, download the app, and you can go deeper on this subject of Matthew chapter 24. So we're starting today, again, a mini-series, spoiler alerts. You know, spoiler alerts 
are those announcements before a, uh, a plot twist uh, is going to be revealed in the, in the story. So if two people are talking about a, a film or a TV series or even a, a book together, it, it, it's, it's common courtesy before you reveal the plot twist in your conversation to say, you know, spoiler alert. And so we're going to be looking at some plot twists in the Bible, specifically in the conversation in the New Testament about the, the end of time and what's to happen just before Jesus comes again. So as I was thinking of this, I was thinking about the greatest uh, plot twist in, in all of film history. I mean, what, what's, what do you think is the greatest film plot twist of all time? I'm biased here. I'll share mine in a minute. But what do you, and any plot twists that are just, were just astounding? Link. Oh, unu okay, unusual suspects. All right. What's that? Oh, usual. <laughs> Another film that I just made up. Unusual suspects. It's a sequel, actually. It's coming out in 2018. Um, Planet of the Apes, okay. All right. My favorite is my, 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 my uh, kid for uh, Father's Day last year, they got me a shirt, and it says, I am your father. Uh, which to me is like the what the great the great plot twist of all of all time, and uh, I mean I don't want to spoil it for you, even though it's now 30 years old. But in the in the film, the Star Wars series, one character reveals himself to be the parent of another of another character. <laughs> I, I feel like we've passed the statue of limitations that we should be, this is no longer spoiler. But anyway, so we're talking about giant plot twists in the narrative of the Bible, specifically relating to Jesus' second return, the Advent hope, if you will. Um, and so Jesus reveals one of those plot twists here in Matthew chapter 24, when he says, says uh, about that day or hour, no one knows. Now, what has preceded this is that the Jesus' disciples come to him at the beginning of Matthew chapter 24, and uh, they're walking out of the temple, and they turn their attention to the temple buildings, and they say, Jesus, look at these amazing buildings. Aren't they beautiful? And Jesus then starts to articulate about the fact that these buildings are going to be knocked down, and it's going to be over. And they ask him the question, when is this going to happen? When are you going to come into your kingdom? And when is all of this that you're, gonna, you're talking about going to happen? And so then he expounds for verse after verse about all that's to come before he uh, is to come back again the second time. And in verse 36, he gives this plot twist about that day or hour no one knows not even the angels in heaven nor the son in other words he doesn't even know only the father knows only the father uh, knows when the end will come and that was a pretty big plot twist because you know the the prophets in the old testament had spent a lot of time articulating talking about the day of the lord this 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 end time event, people had spent time calculating numbers and trying to figure out when this was going to happen. And they were anticipating that Jesus, when Jesus came, that maybe he was the one who was going to bring about this and the time had come. And so this issue of when is all of this going to happen was on their minds, and many of them had been even calculating. Now, this is something that's familiar to those who are part of the Adventist tradition, because if, if you know your Adventist history, and for those who don't, or, or the early Adventists, including, he wasn't actually Adventist, pre-Adventist, William Miller got very excited about the fact that he 
thought he had calculated the day and the hour at which Jesus was going to come back again the second time. So this, this tradition, if you will, of trying to calculate when Jesus is going to come again goes way, way back, and, and even as, as recent as for the Adventist tradition, William Miller over a century ago. And so the idea of trying to calculate when Jesus is going to come has been a big deal. And so Jesus introduces the plot twist, no one knows. No one knows. There's no calculation where you're going to figure it out. I don't even know. Only uh, the Father knows. And so this leaves uh, us with a couple of questions. And the first question that I had was this, why? Uh, why doesn't God communicate more specifically uh, when exactly everything is going to be wrapped up and the Advent hope is actually going to, to come to uh, fruition? And as I thought about that and read the text, there seemed to be two pretty um, obvious answers to that question. Why doesn't God communicate more specifically about exactly when he will come? And the first uh, answer is, is, again, I think pretty obvious, and, it, and it's this, that apparently it's God's uh, desire that human beings uh, live in a constant state of being prepared, that God desires humans, you and I, to live in a constant state of being uh, uh, prepared, and sometimes when we know specifics about when things are going to happen, we as humans have a tendency to, what do we do when we know there's a deadline and we procrastinate, we wait, we procrastinate, we wait, and, and then oftentimes we procrastinate so long that we end up never preparing uh, at all. Have you ever done that before? I know, I guess some of you are, are procrastinators, you know exactly when, some of you are like, I have no idea what I'm talking about, when I hear that there's a deadline, I start organizing two years in advance. Good for you, this sermon is not for you, you can go home, the park is lovely today. Um, anyway, apparently, uh, it's God's desire that we as humans live in a constant state of being uh, prepared. And so, uh, you know, as, as I was thinking, you know, today is, is Memorial Day. It's in, here in, in North America. That's the, the season of going to the beach. Um, and I thought about procrastinating, and then I thought about my beach body and or lack thereof. Um, how many of us know when Memorial Day is coming and we want to, you know, we want to get fit but then we wait and wait and wait, and then we're not like I am. People, I'm falling apart. At any moment, I may fall over on the ground. I'm, we have a tendency to procrastinate. I'm, I'm being a little vain now, talking about beach bodies in Memorial Day. Be the beach season is here. Are you aware of that? I know it's been like 50 degrees this spring, but beach season is here. Did you procrastinate or not? I have no idea. Anyway, Apparently, it's God's design for us to be in constant preparation, and sometimes when we have specific dates, we have a tendency to procrastinate. Jesus says, therefore, keep watch because you don't know on what day your Lord will come. Always be prepared. Don't count on a date at some point in, in, in history. You've got to always be prepared. So we're thinking about why doesn't God communicate more uh, clearly about when things are going to wrap up and human history is going gonna, is gonna to see its end. And the second response also comes from the text, and it's this, that uh, a surprise reveals those who were truly faithful. A surprise reveals those who were truly faithful. It's kind of like when you're in class, in school, whatever grade you were in, and you had a pop quiz. You remember the pop quizzes? You know, you were assigned some reading, whatever. You were in the textbook, 
but you were not anticipating that there would be some kind of quiz on this or somebody was going to ask you a question, that's the whole idea of the pop quiz. Did you really read the material? Were you actually uh, prepared? And so a surprise reveals those who are truly faithful. In verse 45, uh, Jesus said, Who then is the faithful and wise servant whom the master has put in charge of his, the servants in his household to give them their food at this proper time? It will be good for that servant whose master finds him doing so when he returns. Truly, I tell you, he will be put in charge of all of his possessions. And so Jesus is like, look, the one who's ready, the one who's been being prepared, that's going to be the one who's going to be faithful. And that's, that's, the, that's the person that we're uh, looking for. Those people who are, were, were ready all along and that the, 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 the ambiguity of the timing didn't affect their being prepared. And so apparently God wants his people to be faithful who they are every day uh, ready. Jesus emphasizes this again as you read on in the story in Matthew chapter 25. So he keeps going and he gives this, this very familiar uh, parable. And it says this. And this is Jesus talking again to this, this group that he's uh, speaking with about this, his disciples. At that time, the time when Jesus comes again, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten young women who took their lamp and went out to, to meet the groom of a wedding. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight, the cry rang out, Here's the groom! Come out and get your oil! so that you can meet him. And then all of the young women woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil or our lamps are going to go out. And they replied, no, there may not be enough for both of us. Instead, go to the one who sells oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the groom arrived. The young women who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the others also came and they said, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he replied, hey, I don't know you. And then Jesus gives this command. Therefore, keep watch because you don't know the day or the hour. And so there, there's that, that assertion again by Jesus. Look, you've got you to be ready. You don't know when, when things are going to happen, so you've got to be ready always. Everyone fell asleep. Some were ready when they woke up. Some weren't. Everybody, you got to be ready. That's what Jesus keeps hitting here in Matthew chapter 25. Keep watch. Remain faithful. These two concepts. Keep watch, be prepared, and remain faithful. So, there we go. Wrap up things. Go in peace. Keep watch. Remain faithful. Go and do it. But there's a problem. At least there's a problem for me, and I know there's a problem probably for you. Keeping watch and remain faithful is, remaining faithful is easy to say, hard to do. You guys with me here? It's a little warm in here, isn't it? No? Okay, it's just me. Um, you guys are in the ice zone, by the way. We found that we had some, uh, an air-conditioned person said, and they said if you sit in this, right, right where Nia is sitting, that the air condition just drops right on him. 
and, and everybody in the back is hot, and I'm burning up, and Nye is just freezing to death. Keep watch, remain faithful, go in peace. There we're, there we're done. That, that could be the end of the message today. But the reality is, keeping watch and remaining faithful are very difficult for us if, if, we're, if we're honest with ourselves. We are, in fact, terrible at remaining uh, faithful, and we're not always very good at keeping watch uh, either. And, and so that leads to another question. Why, why is this so difficult? Why is uh, keeping watch and remaining faithful so challenging uh, for us? And I would suggest that there are at least uh, three reasons why keeping watch and remaining faithful, and when we think about the context of God and what he's doing in the world and what he wants to do in the world. And the first one is this. Uh, we, as humans, I'll speak for myself, or I, and most likely as, as humans, we are impatient. We are an impatient uh, people, and our culture is only perpetuating this, that uh, when we want something, we want it uh, right now, or we want it soon, and so we're used to getting immediate uh, rewards, and so the idea of remaining uh, patient, waiting, is, is somewhat uh, challenging to us. So, and, and again, in, in our contemporary Western culture here, we can almost get anything that we want at any time we want. Isn't that true? I mean, I don't know. We do the, the we, we've got kids running. We, we do Instacart. I love it. Insta. It's Instacart. I, oh, the groceries, please, someone help us. We don't have time to go to the grocery store. Deliver them to us right now, and hopefully right even this day, maybe in the next couple of hours, right now. Everything is at our, our fingertips, so much so that we get in trouble. I, this happened yesterday, and I, I think now that I've determined that I'm just apparently losing my mind and or getting old. I, I was shopping on Amazon yesterday. The Amazon, have you heard of this little startup company? I think they're going to be big. I think they're going to be big, Amazon. So I was shopping for hair clippers for, for Levi and Jude. We were just we're cutting their hair. And I was doing some comparative shopping for, for clippers. And I was on the Amazon. And I got off. I did not make my choice. And I got off. And a half an hour later, I got an email. Your order is on its way. Your order is on its way. Apparently, again, I'm losing my mind. I must have hit the buy now. You know that buy now button? That's the very dangerous button, the buy now button. I hit the buy now button. The clippers, fortunately, it was the ones that we, were, we, we wanted, but they are on its way. So anyway, uh, we are impatient, and, and, and our culture is only making us more impatient. We want things right now, and at this point, almost everything that we could possibly want, we can get right now, especially if you have a credit card. You can get things right now with almost no, no discipline, and so we are, we are impatient. And so this is contributing to our inability to remain faithful and to keep watch. Because if we have to wait too long, we get distracted. We want things right now. Second challenge to remaining faithful and uh, keeping watch. Uh, it's very easy to lose the balance between remaining faithful and uh, keeping watch. So keeping watch is, is kind of looking out for what's to come. Keeping our eyes on the, on the, on the future in particular on the Advent hope, the idea that Jesus is going to come back and he's going to return. And so uh, it's very easy to get focused almost solely on that. Uh, conversely, 
There, there are, are, are others who get so focused on remaining faithful, on doing what we need to do as human beings right here and right now in this world. And the, the idea from Jesus is that you have to have a balance. You have to live in, a, in, a, in a, a context where you're both remaining faithful, that you're being aware of what's going on in the world and addressing both personal needs and societal, societal needs when there's hurting or pain that we're, we're, we're faithful to what we should be doing now. But we also have our eyes on what's to come in the, in the future. But it's very easy to get off balance. We're so focused on the world to come. You've heard that old saying, right? So heavenly minded, old, old. So heavenly minded, no worldly good. There's so much truth to that. So concerned about what's to come that, you know, the world is falling apart and nobody's doing anything uh, about it. The, 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 the climate is falling apart and people say, well, the, the world's going to burn up anyway. We're so worried about the future and not concerned about what's happening uh, currently. But then, then conversely, so concerned about what, what's happening now, either in our lives or in society, that there's no eye on God's work in the future. And so this contributes to our inability to really remain faithful and keep watch because we get frustrated, because we don't have this necessary balance in our lives of, of both remaining faithful and keeping watch. And then finally, as we think about why is it so difficult to, 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 to follow Jesus' assertion. And that is that we are tired. We're tired. Are you tired? I'm tired. I fell asleep tw- two times while I was preaching, just right now. Some of you have too. I can see you. You don't think I can see you. I can see you. I see it. It hurts just a little. It's fine. We're tired. We're tired. Some of us are really, we're tired because we're not getting enough sleep. Some of us are just tired because life is, is uh, difficult. Did you hear all the things that happened this week? I mean, in our own little community here, we had, I mean, Ellen Ruby's mom died suddenly yesterday. How, I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm tired of, of that kind of, I'm tired of getting that kind of news like I did last night at 10 o'clock. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of going to funeral. I went to a funeral in the, in the morning yesterday for one of our our, our extended family of our Avon Hopers, Michelle's mom, and then last night we get that news. I, it's, it's tiring. I'm tired. Are you tired? I'm tired of a lot of things going on in the world. I'm tired of the brokenness of the world, and then, then I'm just also sleepy. We're tired. We're tired. And so we think about Jesus. He knew all of this. He gives that illustration of these, these uh, ten young girls, and they're waiting for the groom to come. They're at a wedding celebration. It's, a, it's, a, it's a, an Eastern uh, celebration. It's, 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 it's not like the Naya and Tanya's wedding. There wasn't much wait. I didn't, we didn't wait for, for Naya at your wedding. Thank goodness. Naya was on time. Everything went smoothly. There were no young girls who fell asleep. Nobody fell asleep at Naya's wedding. In this wedding, you're waiting. They're waiting for the groom, and they're waiting so long, everybody falls asleep because they're, they're tired. It's late at night, and then the groom comes, and, and they wake up, and some are ready, and some are, were tired. And so why is it so difficult to remain faithful and to, to, to keep our eyes on what's to come in the future, on keeping watch? We're impatient. We lose the balance between the two. We're tired. We're tired of, of, of the way this world works, and we're just, some of us are actually sleepy. And so we end with the, 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 the last question, kind of the existential question on this, what do we do? What do we do? And Jesus gives these commands, 
remain faithful, keep watch? Are we doomed? Most of us are not doing a very good job at keeping watch and remaining faithful. Are we doomed? What hope do we have? We said that it, it's difficult to remain faithful and um, keep watch, and, and that's partially because we are impatient. We are impatient. And yet, then we read in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 9 these words. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. No, instead he is patient. He is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. In Jesus, we can gain patience because he was patient. Because Jesus is patient, we can become patient. God can do his work in us, the patience that we don't innately, naturally have. God can do in us. In Galatians chapter uh, 5, we read, the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of God's working in, inside of a person is this, that you, you gain love and joy and patience. Patience is part of that. Patience isn't something that you drum up on your, your own. We're beyond that. We recognize we're not good at giving ourselves patience, but the good news of the story of the Bible is that God can give us the patience that we don't have. We said that it's uh, difficult to remain faithful and keep watching because it's very easy for us to lose the balance between remaining faithful and keeping watch. And yet 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 16 says that who has known the mind of God so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of, of Christ in us. This is, this is good news. What this is saying is that even though innately as human beings we struggle between what we should be doing now and, and, and having hope in the future, but 1 Corinthians tells us, hey, God can change your mind the way you think about things and give you that balance and that you can have the mind of a Jesus. And finally, we said that it's difficult to remain faithful and keep watch because we are tired. We are a tired people. And then we read Jesus again in the book of Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew again, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28, which says, this is Jesus in his own words, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened and sick of this world, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Rest for your soul. I mean, not just sleepy time rest, physical rest. Like, you will find rest for your soul. How many of us want soul rest? I mean, soul rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Is there a better verse in all the Bible really than that? What a great, great promise. Come to me if you're tired and I will give you rest. These are the words of Jesus. And so when we think about remaining faithful, when we recognize that in and of ourselves we're not very good about it. We're challenged by Jesus uh, 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 a twist of the story that nobody knows. So you got to be ready. You got to remain faithful. And that can be overwhelming for us because we recognize that we're not very good at it on our own. But we can take heart that in Jesus... God does things in us that we cannot do for ourselves to give us patience when we don't have patience. 
to help us to have balance between the here and now and what's to come. And to give us rest. And so as we close, we think about the words of the, the great communicator of this good news, Paul. And in Romans 10, he says this to, to all of us who are thinking about how do we live up to be the kind of people that we need to be, that clearly Jesus is asking us to be faithful and looking toward the future. In Romans chapter 10, Paul says, if you declare with your mouth, everybody here has a mouth, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved, you will be rescued, you will have access to all of these elements, patience that you don't naturally have on your own. The ability to have balance in your life between what's important now and what's important in the future. And you will have rest, but not just sleepy time rest, soul rest. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be rescued. As we embrace God's work, God does his work in us. If we spend all of our time trying to figure out how we're going to have more patience on our own, and listen, this is the natural inclination. Oh, I'm not patient. How do I gain more patience? I read a book. I go to a class, I do a study, I try to be more patient. Some of that maybe works at some level, but ultimately we're dissatisfied with our own ability to get our act together, to be more patient, to be more capable of being both present and thoughtful about the future and to getting the kind of soul rest that we need. But the hope and the promise, the good news of the gospel is that as we embrace God's work, he does his work in us so that we can indeed Remain faithful and keep watch. As we look forward to the Advent hope and as we work in a broken and hurting world to do God's will so that he can bring peace. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your promise that what we cannot do, you can do in us. And we thank you for challenging us, but then not leaving us on our own to get our own act together. And so I pray for every person here today recognizing that there are some who in a very particular way have been struggling with some area or aspect that they would like to have together in their experience, but it's just not coming together. I pray that you will give them hope that you can do work in them that they can't do for themselves. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.